Well, hello there. This week we have another special episode with a guest. So the times have changed so so much over the last decade or two. With internet, it has provided so much opportunity for everybody to make so much more money, and that is so exciting. I think we're the generation that has had the most wealth ever, like in the history of humankind. We are the richest people alive. There's nobody who's lived before us who's had as many wealthy people as we do today, and as many conveniences that we have today. And especially with with internet, it just all changed, right? So, for example, my daughter is doing Quran classes, and she's doing Urdu classes, and her teachers are in Pakistan, and they're able to connect every day through. Through internet over Skype or Zoom, and they're able to see each other. And she's doing so wonderful, just sitting at home and learning these skills. And then she takes classes on OutSchool, which has amazing classes on a variety of subjects. So now, due to COVID, we've all been locked up, and she's able to take ballet and guitar and just coding classes and so many other classes just from her home. And through my business, I'm able to work with my editors, with the art people, with copywriters, with everybody. And because I have this business, I'm able to support other people in third world countries, in other places that otherwise would have no access to this. Right? If if there was no internet, if it was still taking all that amount of time to communicate, where we had to wait. Through the mail, this all would not be possible at all. So today, another thing that I learned was FBA, which is like selling on Amazon. I had no idea this was a thing, and after I started my account on Amazon, I found Samra, and she's just so enthusiastic and so lovely and so talking about her business all the time. And I was like, "What is this?" So I reached out to her and I was like, "Can you please explain this to me? Like, come to my podcast and tell me what this is." So I really had no idea that people could make money, lots and lots of money, by selling on Amazon. So we had an amazing conversation, and I hope you all enjoy it. And I'll have played the episode that we recorded together now. Okay. So, welcome to Wealthy Muslim Woman Podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm really honored. So, you may be familiar a little bit about my podcast. Basically, it is all about money. I want to make it easy for Muslim women to talk about money and then know about all the opportunities that there are to make money, and of course, normalize making ton of money for Muslim women. And I think the the dynamics have changed so much over the last decade with internet, with social media, and we have opportunities that we couldn't even imagine before on ways of making money. And I think your career is one of those opportunities. So first, I'll I'll love it if you could tell the audience a little bit about you, who you are, and what you do, and then we'll talk more about the business aspects. 
Sure, that sounds amazing. First, Bismillah, thank you so much for inviting me on. I always love speaking to Americans with American accents. We see it on the movies. It's so familiar to us. So uh, I'm buzzing and vibing already just to talking to you. So my name is Samara Michael. I am a multi-six-figure entrepreneur, and I've got no shame in saying it. Alhamdulillah, it's from Allah. So I've made my Fortune. Alhamdulillah, I've been very blessed and honoured to set up an Amazon FBA business, so e-commerce, which is doing really well. And on top of that, I transitioned into a coach. So I support Muslims to basically copy what I did. Wow, that, that's amazing. So tell us, so I'll be honest, I am very naive about a lot of these online businesses. First, what is Amazon FBA? Okay, so... FBA stands for Fulfillment by Amazon. And what it is, is I would like you all to imagine just hiring an extra pair of hands. So basically, you're outsourcing some of the more tricky and icky bits of online selling, such as the monotonous task of packing up all those orders, picking up your products, putting them in an envelope, and then going to the post office every day when everyone's really nosy at the counter and they seem to resent you taking parcels to their counter. So Amazon will actually take the heavy lifting off you. So they will pack the orders, deliver the orders. They've got a very expansive logistics network far better than than our own international postal systems really Um, and they also deal with customer service so it basically takes the hard work out of selling enabling sellers to focus on the fun part which is actually finding the products to sell Mm -hmm. and making their brand a success okay so is is it your own products that people are selling or is it products that you can buy from somebody else and then sell on Amazon? Well, it's actually all. Um, There are many different ways, but I'll summarize the three main sourcing methods. Now, number one is where we will source from China, Alibaba or AliExpress. This is the one that most people are familiar with, often to the point that people think that Amazon selling is only buying from China. Now, as Muslims, some people do not want to trade with China because of the the human rights issues. That's personal choice. So that's what we call private labeling and you will bring your own brand. So you may get the manufacturer in China to put your own logo on and you basically got yourself a business. However, there are some downsides to that because you have to have a really high minimum order quantity to start with. And as a newbie, that can be really quite risky. You don't always know what you're doing straight away. So to having to invest three to £10,000 up front is A little bit dangerous, I would say. So I actually do not private label at all. The other two methods of selling on Amazon and sourcing products are wholesale. So we're all familiar with what wholesaler is, but buying in bulk from a distributor and then reselling them on for profit. And finally, my most successful method to date is called arbitrage. 
which you may know as buying products from mainstream stores. Now, over in the States, I know Walmart, for example, is well used by people who make a success of arbitrage. So it's buying products from the mainstream stores that may be on special offer, a short time discount, refer two, buy one, get one free, and capitalizing on that difference in price, and then just putting those items onto Amazon for sale. So I do the second two methods but I do not private label from China at all personally wow that's so interesting so just to make it simple let's say let's walk through the process so let's say I, I'm a huge Amazon buyer I, I buy yes. everything off of Amazon <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to avoid it because of the ethics reason but it's just so easy and with Amazon Prime and it's just you click a button and you can order it and I, I just I, that's just my main way of buying stuff yeah. Um, so let's say I place an order on Amazon today for a dress and that dress, let's say it's being fulfilled by a Muslim woman at the other end who is using Amazon FBA. So what would be her process? What would be the back stage of that? Well, oh, how deep do you want to go? It's certainly not as simple as people think. It's nothing like Etsy or eBay, for example. It's a lot harder to even set up an account with Amazon. They need you to go through lots of bureaucracy and verification. So you really have to have already made the decision that you're not going to make it a hobby or a little side hustle. It sounds great in practice. You really need to approach Amazon selling as a job. It needs to be something you can do seriously. So once you've set up your company and registered for an Amazon account, probably for the, the example you gave of a dress, you'd go to a wholesaler, buy in bulk, and then send the items into Amazon using UPS. So we use UPS here in the UK, but I know UPS is an American company, so I'm sure you would use UPS as well. They're Amazon's partnered carrier, so you get really great cheaper rates than using FedEx or another courier. So you would do your shipping plan, list the item for sale, and then in one box or as many boxes as you like, you'd package up all your items at once, and then you will send them into Amazon where your items will stay. So you don't need to be having thousands of pounds worth of stock at home. Mm. Amazon will store it securely, safely, away from harm, obviously no risk of theft. And they'll stay there until a customer orders. Once the customer orders, you've got dollar signs in your eyes, cha-ching, cha-ching, and Amazon will pack up that order and dispatch it to the customer. Gotcha. So it's not as if, let's say, because shipping is probably the most expensive thing that I could think of related to this online business. And if, you know, somebody was to have their own online store, let's say for clothes, and they had to use UPS or FedEx, or that would probably eat up most of the cost of, of the dress. So in this sense, it is not one or two items that you're doing, you are selling wholesaling the items and they they go to amazon and then amazon is the one doing most of the cost cost right. work. awesome yeah that's awesome. correct okay what percentage does amazon take from, usually from 
Oh, sisters, it's eye-wateringly high. You know, they're not going to work for nothing. They're the, one of the world's biggest corporations. So typical margins would be that Amazon take around 40%. So let's use a, a $10 example. Amazon are going to take $4. The cost of the item, let's say, is $4. And the remaining $2 will stay with you. So the odds are not in your favor, however... The name of the game with Amazon is volume. Okay, so whereas $2 an item may say, oh, I don't get out of bed for $2 an item. If you're shipping $200, $100 a day, which wallahi is achievable, you've got the world's biggest global marketplace. It soon starts to contribute to your six-figure business, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yes. And Amazon does take big chunk. I actually published, I helped my daughter publish a book on with Amazon through Amazon publishing. Yeah. And for that, they take away 60% of it. Oh, and <laughs> but but they are doing the printing, they are shipping. So I guess they are taking care of majority of the work for you. So yeah. all you have to do, do is just submit it to them and they take away the majority, but they are doing a lot of work. And the other, I had another point about that. I think they take away the 60% and you get the 4%. But yeah, majority of the work is basically by them. So it, it, it help, it's helpful, you know, it's like you right. have out there. Definitely. Um, yeah, that becomes then a, a much more passive income stream. And we yeah. all know the average millionaire has at least seven income streams. So both of these are viable options towards that, inshallah. Right. And, and the other thing was you have, they give you a minimum price that you have to set. So you can't even make a product for a dollar or two as yeah. some people want you to, yes. because nobody is getting paid that way. Amazon yeah. won't get anything out of that way. How, how did you get started in this? How did you even hear about this? Well, I was working in corporate and it's taken me a long time to be able to speak so candidly about what happened and my experiences. But I actually have bipolar, so I didn't know at the time, but I started to experience symptoms of mania. So we're all very familiar with, with anxiety and depression, but mania related to bipolar is something that's not so well understood. And we've still got a lot of taboos and, and things to break down. So because of the mania, I was becoming quite hyperactive, unable to concentrate. And, and to be honest, I couldn't carry on with my corporate job because I was just forgetting everything. I was managing a team of, I think, 11 staff. And uh, I, I actually took redundancy on the grounds of ill health. So then I'm left at home creative you know anyone who suffers from mania or bipolar tend to be quite creative and entrepreneurial characters hard to manage <laughs> but we like to manage ourselves and, and we we give it a hundred percent so I'm left with a pot of money from my redundancy and lots of time and ideas on my hands so I started making Islamic badges with little slogans like Sahabas are my superheroes if anyone's come across that pretty sure it was me who invented that phrase I think about 10 years back now and I was selling them on eBay, but I was getting frustrated with having to take the items to the post office every day in the rain. And my kids were nagging me 
at the post office counter. So I thought there must be an easier way to fulfill these orders. Uh, and that's how I came across FBA. And it's just worked out beautifully for me, alhamdulillah. Uh, mashallah, thank you for sharing that struggle. And, and yes, there can be pathological mania where people become uh, dysfunctional, but there's yeah. also a lot of studies showing that most of the successful people yes. actually have yeah. mania or hypomania. You would need some level of that to, yes. to stay focused and to, to be successful and to go out. And a lot of yeah. the successful people have, have that as well. How long did it take you to see your profits um, when you first started? Well, when I first started, I almost fell into it. I didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't even have recording systems in place. It, it was just literally an experiment for me. So I made you know, a catastrophic error of not even keeping appropriate records, bookkeeping, accountancy. So until I decided to make a go of it and go legit and have to go and reverse engineer everything I'd done wrong to correct it and put it right, it wasn't until about five years in that I decided to do that. So I was profitable from very early on, alhamdulillah, because I was trailblazing a little bit. No one else at that point 10 years ago was, was doing what I was doing. My graphic design skills were appalling, but I muddled through best as I could. But now, alhamdulillah, we're looking at about 20% margin overall. So, you know, for sisters who don't want to go out into corporate, have childcare responsibilities, or, or prefer to work from home, whereas working from home used to be seen as a bit of a scam, a bit not very legitimate back in the day. I think since the pandemic, when everyone switched really to working from home, it, it's normalized that experience a lot more. And it is the perfect business for Muslim sisters who don't want to compromise their faith. The only thing I would say is you do need to have some starting capital, you know, at least a thousand dollars to really make it work. Okay. And I'm assuming to make it to six figures level, you probably need a team of for your business um. interesting so if I look at some of my students experiences because I learned the hard way I make made every mistake in the book and my journey to six figures took seven years but now my students are hitting six figures within year one alhamdulillah because of our team not all of them have staff, but the first the first thing to do would be maybe to hire a VA to help with some of the sourcing, definitely. But I always say, look at your resources. Look what you already have. If you've got a husband, a partner, sister, mom, older teenagers, you can get them involved in your business. Alhamdulillah. And it's really good for older children to teach them some of the life skills involved in running a business and entrepreneurialism and it's a sunnah business model the prophet was a trader he bought goods and sold them on for a profit so inculcating the islamic values within the business is something really fundamental um, and what we teach our students as well yeah for somebody who's just starting off, is it better for them to stick to one category, one niche, or 
to try to diversify, let's say books only, or let's say clothing only versus multiple things? Yeah, great question. I love that. Most people think it's just about finding a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow or a golden goose, just finding one product that's going to make them a millionaire. It may work for 0.1%, but actually the, the second example you gave of diversifying would be what I recommend. So if you've only got $1,000, £1,000 to start with, buy as many different products as you can. Experiment, be a little bit creative and look to buy products, multiple niches. That way you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. So if, God forbid, you know, one product doesn't do so well, you've got many others to, to hoist that business up and keep it um, afloat. Thank you. How has COVID impacted the business? I, I'm assuming it's done pretty well because nobody was able to go out and buy for themselves. So lots of online shopping, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not comfortable for me to make light of COVID given how it's impacted so many of us so deeply and the loss we've experienced but yes everyone switched to online buying it's actually become a habit now for people I think even you mentioned Amazon is your go-to place to shop we're in love with the convenience of having the items you know arrive the next day even if we place the order in the evening, the items still ding dong at your door the next day. So psychologists said it uh, says it takes 27 times for something to become a habit. But I found that we've gained a lot more customers since COVID. So yeah, it's now the norm to buy from Amazon. Right. It, to be honest, it was always for me even before COVID. But <laughs> yeah. Even now it's become more. <laughs> I, I just hate going into stores. I think it's just such a waste of time to drive to a place and then to look through stuff. With online, I just put in what I need and it just pops up and you just order it and it's like so much time saved. I think time is such an asset. Yeah, sure. Um, we need to preserve it. What are some commitments that one would need? I think you kind of touched on this a time likely is something that one would need to contribute and likely at least a thousand dollars of capital anything else if somebody's looking into this yeah sure I would say it's great to have support you know support of your family and loved ones what I was very surprised about is some of the toxic nature of relationships in the Muslim community I'm a revert so I don't come from like an Asian background, for example, but many of my students do. And what I was astounded by was sisters who'd say, I, I don't want my mom or I don't want my mother-in-law or I don't want my cousin to know that I'm selling on Amazon because they may try and sabotage it or they will make me feel very negative about the experience or try and copy me. So I think to at least have someone on side, it's one of the softer benefits and commitments needed. But there are times Amazon selling can be very frustrating. Like with any business, you find yourself having to work even harder than you did in, in your corporate life, for example. So having someone there to support you through that transition into being a CEO and a business owner is really important. So whether you find that solace in your spouse 
or your best friend or to hire a coach or mentor to help you through that transition. Really, really important. And you're going to have to get familiar with calculator because there's a lot of analysis that goes on having to read charts and graphed graphs because that's how we predict future sales by looking at past sales and being able to interpret that data which really helps with particularly quantities so if something's selling really fast you're going to want to adjust your purchase quantities to 100 let's say 100 units at a time but if an item's very slow selling but profitable still so you still want to go ahead and purchase it you would may adjust it to five units at a time so being able to read the data will aid you to make the right sourcing decisions yeah that thing what you mentioned earlier is is the status part as how a business uh, being a business woman impacts being a muslim woman who's in business and that is my goal with my podcast to break those mindset barriers i i don't even know where that came from i mean we have the greatest example of khatija Razidalanha, who was a business owner and you know the prophet was hired by her and now we've become to this such a negative mindset of women making money and women being in business and I, I find it just so sad and I think it's a lot of work is needed in that area from different cultures and just all around. Yeah, C- can I pick up on that point? Let Can we expand upon that a little bit more? Please. Your permission, because every day I face hate. There is not one day when I don't have a negative DM or a nasty comment left um, on my TikTok account. And I think... It hurts a lot when it comes from the Muslim community. And I would say it's mainly from the Muslim community. Now, it doesn't upset me on a personal level because I'm a big girl and I can take it. And I think you have to expect to be open to critique if you put yourself in the public domain. And I weigh up the pros and cons. I'd much rather, even if I just impact one person positively, alhamdulillah, all the negativity I can take. But what hurts is that people will presume, because I'm a Muslim woman, alhamdulillah, making money, that I'm a liar and a scammer. And that hurts because they're doubting Allah. They're doubting Allah's capacity to give abundance. That's what upsets me, that we've got a big problem with our aqidah, with our aqlaq, if we can't accept that Allah chooses to give these blessings and he's more than capable of giving everyone these blessings. So to, to hide behind the fact that I'm a scammer or I'm a liar, this indicates a big, big problem in the ummah where we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I can't even comprehend where that thought process would come from. Is it, you know, them maybe seeing money as evil, which it really shouldn't be because, you know, money we use to help people, you know, how, sure. the more you're making, the more zakat you're going to be paying, the more you're in a yeah. position to help others. So sure. I, I don't even see where these thoughts come from. It's, it's just really sad. And hopefully, yes, we can change just one mind at a time, just one person at a time. Exactly. I love that. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about 
your course and how can somebody, another Muslim woman who's interested in Amazon FBA, how can she reach you and what you teach in your course? How can you help somebody get started in this field? Sure. Okay. So there's generally three types of Amazon programs or courses. The the top one is done for you. So it's automated um, and that's really expensive, around $20,000. And I don't offer that service. Then most courses and mentors are just a pre-recorded digital course, really cheap, low level, entry level, and then you're left to implement 16 hours of videos by yourself these courses have just a 10% completion rate because it's really demotivating having to sit behind a screen for hours and still feeling scared to take action or still feeling imposter syndrome and, and you're worried about losing your money. So you can have as much strategy and information as you like, but unless you've got someone holding your hand through that process, encouraging you, lifting your spirits, it's really hard to make your business work. So I spotted a gap in the middle. So my program is a done with you program. So we have three live coaching calls a week, unlimited one-to-one support, alhamdulillah, and the pre-recorded information. And we also set up the business properly. I think in the States, it's an LLC, limited liability. Yes, company. company. So in the UK, it's um, a limited company, LTD. So I actually have a team accountant who sets the business up properly as well. So we're that middle level program, 90 days. But the big spanner in the works is it is just for UK based citizens at the moment because of the way we source, because we're buying from UK stores. It would be really, really hard for someone over in the States to purchase the items from England, get them shipped to America and still make a profit because those additional shipping fees internationally are going to squeeze all that profit out. So there are many private label courses, and I can certainly recommend some for students in in the States from other mentors. But unfortunately, I don't offer international students support at the moment because it just wouldn't work and I don't want to set people up to fail yeah I have a lot of listeners in in UK as well okay, cool. so, Hi, so, I'm everyone. <laughs> so I'm glad they'll they'll get this information thank you no this is so amazing thank you so much for the introduction any last piece of advice you would like to offer the audience or just women in general Muslim women yeah. in general I um, heard a quote recently by Mel Robbins. I've got her book here. I'm just looking at it. And she's, someone asked her, what's the secret to her success? And she said, I will outwork anyone under the table, meaning she's the hardest working person that she knows. And she's not afraid to admit it. I would say I'm the same. So I would say if you want to make Amazon work, please don't think it's a passive income stream. It, It can replace your corporate job, alhamdulillah, financially. But those hours, you're still going to be needing to put full-time hours in um, or hire people if you want to scale to six figures. So it's just about having your eyes open in terms of expectations. There are passive income streams out there. Never completely passive. I think you always have to put the work in up front. But if anyone tells you Amazon FBA is passive, run a mile. It's a red flag. It really is hard work. 
Yes, I agree. I don't think there are any easy ways out. Even people think of content creators on social media as passive income, but I mean, I imagine how much time they're putting in to create their video and the creativity that you need to be able to do it. And then the resources, it, it, it takes a lot of time and effort. No matter what you decide to do, there are really no easy way out. Even, even real estate is something I talk about, but you still need to put in work as a tenant, as a somebody yeah. who's renting and then fixing up thing and everything. So there's really no passive income I agree that's right and I think having a sound intention as well to always ask Allah to make your business a means of drawing closer to him so even in the more subtle ways about there's times your morality and integrity will be questioned in business there are times when you know it's easier to do haram things than do halal things but Always understand if you keep your intention firm and pleasing Allah in following his instructions of Islam as our way of life, then your business will have much more barakah in it. It's far better to get 100K in a halal way than a million K in a haram way because Allah puts more barakah in what you already have. Alhamdulillah, inshallah. Jazakallah Her, again, thank you so much. I loved our conversation and I love your Instagram account so people can also follow you there. Any other ways of reaching you? I'll put some of the links in my notes as well. Yeah, my website, www.makeymoney.co.uk. So I've got a great <laughs> website, <laughs> Makey make Money. Make money was taken, so I had to add a Y in the middle. But yes, we enroll only four times a year. So my next program will commence after Ramadan. We're having a little rest during Ramadan to focus on Ibadah. And then, yeah, people can apply to work with me and my team from May. Okay, inshallah. Okay, Jazakallah for inviting me on. Jazakallah. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Take care. Take care.